what's in your hand. This is week two of this series. I'm excited. I talked to the kids about David and Goliath. I mentioned David last week. But I want to talk about this a little bit more today. I know, you know, obviously that's a little nod to Moses there holding the, holding the staff. That's where this question comes from. God said to Moses, set my people free. He said, with what? And God asked him a question, what's in your hand? It was a staff, and it's all God needed to get Moses to the next stop on his journey. David had a similar story. He had some rocks. He had five stones, and he was standing in front of a giant. And if he would have said, God, what do you want me to take this giant down with? He has a sword. I don't have anything I believe God would have said to David, what's in your hand? Well, I got five rocks. Hey, we'll use that. We'll start there. Not only did David take the giant down with those rocks, this sounds kind of corny, but I think you'll remember it. In his hand, they were just stones, but when he let those things go and he used them, they became stepping stones to the next stop on his journey. Like, you need to remember that. They were just literal stones, but God used them to take the giant down, and they were stepping stones to the next place God took David, which eventually led to the actual throne. It led to military conquest. It led to spreading the news about a good father, and Jesus himself came from the lineage of David. And one of the stops along the journey, David had to take those five plain, smooth stones that he had in his hand and use them. How does that relate to you? You have something in your hand. And if you've been asking God this question lately, you've put dreams in my heart. You've given me and my family vision. How do we get there? God, who's the same yesterday, today, and forever, I believe, is responding to you last week, this week, any other time, and he's saying, what's in your hand? What's in your hand? What are you holding? What have I put there? Because it might look plain, it might look ordinary, but in your hand, in your hand and with the Holy Spirit, it is so much greater than what it looks like. Releasing and using what you have brings God's increase into your life. Those stones were just rocks, but when David used them, it unlocked God's increase. And it did something amazing. I, I want to talk about this. I want to talk about it in, in a little bit of detail today. I'm going to talk about how, how people responded to David. Because so many times in our life, we're ready to take a step. We're getting inspiration. You might even have something in your hand. God says, what's in your hand? And you say, ooh, I got this. And you're ready to do it. And then somebody, sometimes well-meaning, sometimes not well-meaning, responds to you and what they see and all of a sudden, we're discouraged, and we start to question, okay, maybe this isn't what I think it is. Maybe I need to take a step back. Maybe I'm getting a little bit too excited. That could have happened to David a couple different times. Because when David heard the taunts of the giant, and he started asking his questions, who is this that defies the armies of the living God? And then he got the answer, oh, it's a Philistine. It's a, a Philistine that doesn't have the same promises we have. He doesn't have a covenant. They said he's an uncircumcised Philistine, meaning he doesn't even have a covenant with God. But he's talking about us and God in this way. And David said, well, how come nobody's taking him down? Because he's big. Because he's strong. But that's not what David saw. But you know, these people were looking in the natural. And when David responded, 
based on who he was, not in stature, but in the spirit, there was still people looking at him in the natural. And when we come into agreement with what other people are saying about us, then we come out of agreement with what the Lord is saying about us. When we agree with what the, 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 the trolls or whatever, whoever, what, is that what it's called on the internet, right? Troll. When we agree with the trolls and the bullies and the people who are not out for our success, we agree with them, oh, you're right. Then we throw out what the Lord says about us. We throw out who we are in Christ and we start to look at things very temporal, very natural, very temporary. Saul was the first to respond to David. And here's what I want to do today. I'm just going to read some scripture. I'm going to read this story, and I'm going to stop and talk about a few of the things that we see. I believe it's going to relate to you. It relates to me every time. 1 Samuel chapter 17. We're going to start at verse 32 and go all the way through 51. So here's what David says after he hears about Goliath. Don't worry about this Philistine, David told Saul. That was the king. I'll go fight him. And then here's Saul's response. We can read, let's read that together, those first three words. Don't be ridiculous. Let's stop. How many times have you told somebody what the Lord put in your heart? And their response was something like, don't be ridiculous. Do you know who you are? Don't be ridiculous. Do you know what this economy is doing? Don't be ridiculous. Do you know how much that would cost? Don't be ridiculous. Who do you think you are? Don't be ridiculous. There's already somebody doing that. How about this one? This one's shut me down a few times in my life. I'm just being honest. Don't be ridiculous. Somebody's already doing that better than you could ever do it. Better? Worse? Man, we learned this from Obi-Wan Kenobi. Only Sith deal in absolutes. Forget better or worse. Say this word instead, different. You're not called to do something better or worse than anybody else. Forget that. You're called to do something different than anybody else. You're called to do something that nobody else but you can do. And maybe it looks like what somebody else is doing, but it's the way God's going to do it through you. And you're going to reach people that they can't reach. Yeah, but their audience is, is millions and millions of people. Well, that's not everybody. Because guess what? There's billions and billions of people. You're called to reach people only you can reach. However, when we start to share our dreams, and sometimes with the wrong people, they might be well-intentioned, but these absolute horrible words straight from the pit of hell, don't be ridiculous. But then you have a choice. You're going to come into agreement with that or you're going to stay in agreement with what the Lord says. Here's the thing. Saul at this point did have a relationship with God. But he didn't have David's relationship with God. Nobody else has a relationship with the Lord that you have. That is you. And if the Lord has spoken something to you, don't expect him to have spoken it about you to somebody else. They might not ever see that in you. But all that matters is if God sees it. Saul didn't understand what God could do but David, the man after God's own heart, didn't stray from that for a moment. What you have in your hand is enough for what God has called you to do. Those stones didn't take David all the way where he was going, but they got him through that exact moment and to the next step. 
And you have something in your hand that's going to get you to the next step right now. You don't need to wait any longer. You have it. Let's get back to the text. Saul replied, after he says, don't be ridiculous, he replied, there's no way you can fight this Philistine and possibly win. You're only a boy, and he's been a man of war since his youth. Saul had some pretty good points. Has anybody had some pretty good points talking to you? I mean, and he's like, listen, you're a kid. You're a shepherd. This guy's been taking people down since the day he was born. Point one, pretty good. Point two, pretty good. Conclusion, you're going to die. <laughs> Conclusion, you're going to fail. Hey, let me tell you, economy's bad. Don't do that. Don't do what you're doing. There's already somebody doing that. Don't do that. Here's the conclusion. You're going to fail. That's what Saul responded to David with. But let me just say this. If somebody is bold enough to look at you and say, you're not enough, what you have isn't enough, don't even think about it. If they're bold enough to speak that into your life, please be bold enough to speak back into their life what the Lord is saying. Please don't just sit there and take it and say you're right. If somebody has the nerve or even that place in your life to speak into it, you might want to just respectfully or maybe even a little disrespectfully disagree with them and say, no, that's not the case. What did Jesus say? Get behind me, Satan. He didn't hesitate. When there needed to be a response, he responded. David, you're little. You're young, you're a shepherd, he's big, he's experienced. But David persisted. If Saul's going to be bold enough, David said, let me tell you, I've been taking care of my father's sheep and goats. See, you thought it was just sheep. It's sheep and goats. That's point number one. He said, when a lion or a bear comes to steal a lamb from the flock, I go after it with a club and I rescue the lamb from its mouth. If the animal turns on me, I catch it by the jaw and I club it to death. I've done this to both lions and bears. I'll do it to this pagan Philistine too. He has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the claws of the lion and the bear will rescue me from this Philistine. Saul finally consented. All right, go ahead. May the Lord be with you. He basically said, it's your funeral. That's basically what he said. But I'm less interested in what Saul said. I'm more interested in what David did. When Saul, the well-meaning person speaking to him, said, you can't do it. You're not strong enough. You're not big enough. David said, well, I wasn't big enough to kill a lion either. I wasn't strong enough to take down a bear either. But that happened. And guess what? That was with my bare hands. You hear what he said? He goes, when that thing turned around, I grabbed it by the jaw. You can't do that. That's not somebody's natural strength. I told you guys a few weeks ago about when we go stay in that lodge in Colorado, and they're like, if, if you see this wild animal, basically pray and fight it because it's stronger than you. These animals were stronger than a shepherd. But here's what he's saying. I can't take down this Philistine. I couldn't do that either. But I'm standing here in front of you. Listen, you've already overcome things in your life. You've already done things with the Lord on your side that you never dreamed about. And when somebody is standing in front of you and they're saying you can't do this, remember that what you have is enough and respond. If not to them, even just to yourself. Well, you know what? I didn't have enough all these years ago and God did this in my life anyway. I didn't have a way back then and God made a way. Remember those things. Remind yourself. And if that person's still standing around, let them know too. It'll either shut them down or they'll at least be persistent enough to where they just say whatever. 
It's your funeral. You'll get him off your back either way. But Saul was also pretty persistent because the next thing that happens is here, then Saul gave David his own armor, a bronze helmet, a coat of mail. David put it on, strapped the sword over it, took a step or two to see what it was like. He had never worn such things before. Here's another response people have. When you start taking steps into the things God's called you to do, it's not going to look like the way anybody else did it. It's going to look like the way God's calling you to do it, but the onlookers or people close to you, and again, in this case, well-meaning, probably, person, says, okay, well, if you're going to do it, that's not how it's been done. If you're going to do it, let me show you how I've done it in the past. Do it like me. Do it like this person. Use the... Microsoft method, use the Starbucks method, use this method, use that method. And they're going to try to get you to drop what God has given you and pick up what he's given somebody else. And let me tell you, that's tempting. That's tempting because when you look back and you see people who are doing things that you're called to do and you see that they've had success in this way and I don't have any of that, it's very tempting to take what God has handed you and to drop it to pick up what he gave somebody else. But again, throw out that whole better or worse idea, God is not calling you to do things the way somebody else has done them. He's calling you to do something the way you will do them, the way he will do them through you. Thank God David took that armor off and said, no, I don't need this armor. Can't you hear the conversations? You wanna take down a giant? You don't do it with whatever you have. You use a sword. You use a shield. You need armor. Man, David knew who he was. The man after God's own heart knew who he was. He knew who God was. And he said, look, my victory is not going to come through any of this stuff. If it's going to come, it's going to be God. It's not going to be me with a sword or a shield or armor. Isaiah 43, 19 says, I'm about to do something new. See, I've already begun. Do you not see it? I'll make a pathway through the wilderness. I'll create rivers in the dry wasteland. It doesn't matter if it looks like it can't happen. It doesn't matter what the path looks like. It doesn't matter if it's all been done a certain way before. God can do a new thing and make your way straight wherever you're at, and he will. We sang it a few minutes ago. If he starts something, he will complete it. Amen. And you know, we see step one so often as, as that first physical step we take moving towards something. But man, step one is saying yes to Jesus. And then the dreams he puts in your heart, that's the next step. If he's put it in your heart, that's him starting something, right? If he's put it in your heart, it's already begun. And if he put it there, he will complete it. And it doesn't matter how big it is. It doesn't matter how it's been done before. Just say yes to what he's given you. And don't despise the small beginnings. Don't despise that first step that might look as simple as taking off somebody else's armor and picking up five stones. How insignificant does that look when you're standing in front of a man of war? Let me take off the weapons of my war and let me just pick up a couple rocks. This is a little bit of a lighter note, but three or four years ago, uh, some of you, a lot of you in here were a part of this. We did some mega renovations 
to this building, including restoring this wood floor. Uh, this was a gym. And so, I mean, there was a, a basketball goal up on that side. It was a half-court gym, and there was, you know, basketball uh, paint. There was a, a key and a three-point line, and we put carpet down like 30 years ago over the basketball court. Uh, lots of glue, lots of carpet, and there was a few guys that have been at church here. I, I love all these guys with all my heart. Some of them are here right now. And for 30 years when we talked about, I'm throwing them under the bus right now. I'm just, I'm just going to give you a, a heads up, but I know they love me. They know I love them. For 30 years when we talked about restoring this wood floor off and on, the first response was always, oh, we ruined the wood floor. There's no way it can be restored. Like there's paint on it, so much glue, it's just destroyed. And, and, and I guess I was just kind of like, all right, yeah, I guess you're right. We've ruined the wood floor. And, and we just never talked about it more. Well, a, a good friend of mine was here one Sunday, and he's over, he's been, uh, he's kind of headed up renovations before, and he, he was talking about restoring this wood floor. And he's like, we just need to do it, man. We can do it ourselves. And one of these guys was standing close by, and he goes, no, 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 we ruined it. Can't restore the wood floor. Well, my friend, uh, as this other guy's talking, just bends down, literally ripped a carpet square up and took out his pocket knife and started just rubbing the glue off the top of the floor. And it happened to be one of the places where the basketball paint was. And with a pocket knife, just kept scratching the floor until even the paint was gone. And before this other guy could even finish his sentence, he just looked up and goes, oh, no, we can do it. We, we should start tomorrow. And we started the next day and we restored this wood floor and it was great and it was beautiful. And that's just a small example. But I'm telling you, for years, I let other people just say it couldn't be done. Stop us from doing something very simple. I mean, this is a simple thing. But let me tell you, there's simple things in our lives we don't say yes to because somebody else says it can't be done. And there are big things in your life you haven't taken a step towards because somebody is just telling you it can't be done. But what does God say? What did God put in your heart? He's not going to leave you hanging. He's already given you what you need to take that next step. I can't go in these, David protested to Saul. I'm not used to them. So David took them off again. If you've picked up something from somebody else, let it go and pick back up what the Lord gave you. David picked up five smooth stones from a stream and put them into his shepherd's bag. Then, armed only with his shepherd's staff and sling, he started across the valley to fight the Philistine. He dropped what everybody else was trying to give him, and he kept his staff, and he had five stones in his slingshot. He did it because when you use what God has given you, it doesn't just release that thing you're holding, it also releases God's increase. When David released those stones, it released the very hand of God to bring increase to what David was doing. I don't know if David had it all figured out when he stepped in front of that giant. I knew he knew he was going to throw a rock. Who knows if he knew it was going to hit the giant in the temple? Who knew in the forehead? Who knew if he knew it was going to knock him over? Who knew if he actually knew what exactly what it was going to look like? All he knew is this is what God's given me. I'm going to use it. I'm going to release it. And it's up to God to bring the increase. Doesn't that sound like what Paul said in the New Testament? Some water, uh, some plant, it's God that brings the increase. Amen. Man, those rocks were there for some reason. David picked them up and then God brought the increase. I think at this point in Saul's life, he was probably at least, on the, he was probably at least well-intentioned. 
He didn't, this was before he hated David. In fact, this was the reason, uh, this was one of the reasons he began to hate David because after this moment, people started looking to David even more than they looked to their king. But up until this point, I believe he had good intentions. He's like, David, I don't want you to die. I don't want you to fail. There's people in your life right now that speak to you the same way. I don't want you to die. I don't want you to fail. I don't want you to go do the wrong thing. I want you to be prosperous. Even if they have well intentions, remind yourself what God says. Use what he's given you and don't let their response stop you. Here was another response to David. And this is somebody without good intentions. Goliath also responded to David and to what David was holding. In verse 41, Goliath walked out toward David with his shield bearer ahead of him, sneering in contempt at this ruddy faced boy. Am I a dog? He roared at David, that you come at me with a stick. He cursed David by the names of his gods. Come over here and I'll give your flesh to the birds and the wild animals. Goliath yelled. He cursed David in the name of his gods. You know, there's a lot of people out there. What's their God? Their God is this economy. Their God is the money in their bank. Their God is, 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 is whatever it is, whatever it is they're serving. And they'll tell you because you're a threat to them. And maybe this isn't an actual person. Maybe this is just the devil himself standing at you, lying to you, saying you can't do it. You're not going to succeed. This will kill you. This will put you in the grave because you have something that's a threat to the enemy. You got something, you got authority over him like nobody's business. And he knows that if you pick it up and use it, his days are numbered. His moment with you is about to pass. So with everything on the inside of him, he is saying, put that down. Why are you even coming at me with that? You, I'm going to take you out. I'll take your family out. I'm going to say this again. Stop being so polite and respond. David replied to the Philistine, you come to me with sword, spear, and javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defiled. Today the Lord will conquer you. I will kill you and cut off your head. Then I'll give the dead bodies of your men to the birds and wild animals. I'm so glad the kids are in here today. And the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. And everyone assembled here will know that the Lord rescues his people, but not with sword and spear. This is the Lord's battle, and he will give it to us. Have you heard the lie of the enemy that says, hey, the economy is not going to let you do this. Your city is not going to allow you. You're in the wrong place. We talked about this last week. But any one of these lies is to deter you and stop you from using what is in your hand. Every one of these lies are to stop you from using what you're holding because once you release it, God's increase is unlocked and those rocks become weapons of warfare that takes down a giant. And any lie comes to you in the name of any of these false authorities. Remind them who the actual authority is and say that is who is on my side. Because what happens next? As Goliath moved closer to attack, David quickly ran out to meet him, reaching into his shepherd's bag and taking out a stone. He hurled it with his sling and hit the Philistine in the forehead. The stone sank in and Goliath stumbled and fell face down on the ground. So David triumphed over the Philistine with only a sling and a stone for he had no sword. 
He had no sword. The Philistines on the ground, but not dead. He's not dead yet. Not dead yet. This is like my third movie reference today. Monty Python. I'm not dead yet. Really, I'm okay. No, you're not. You're as good as dead. If you wondered it's about me, I can quote Monty Python and the Holy Grail from start to finish. We don't even have to watch the movie. Matthew chapter 25, verse 29 says, To those who use well what they are given, even more will be given. They will have an abundance. But from those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. David used what was in his hand, a stone. He took Goliath down, but Goliath wasn't dead. What happened next? David ran over, pulled Goliath's sword from its sheath. David used it to kill him and cut off his head. When the Philistines saw that their champion was dead, they turned and ran. So what happens when I use what God has given to me and I use it all up? Well, there'll be something else for you to grab. He'll put something else in your hand. David used the stones, didn't have a sword anywhere close by. But as the giant fell, remember we talked about this last week from Hebrews 4.16. Come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. David needed a stone to take him down. There was a stone in the water. He took him down. David needed a sword to finish the job. He walked up to the giant laying on the ground and there was a sword. And he took it out of its sheath and he finished the job. Use what the Lord has given you. And when you use it up, when you see that increase and you're like, well, now what? And God's going to put something else in your hand. And you're going to say, well, what is the next step? Use what I just put in your hand. Well, Lord, I used my rock. Now what? Do I throw these other rocks at him? No, use what I've given you. It's right there in front of you. Probably took a little bit of courage to walk up to the giant, you know. I mean, he fell down, but he wasn't dead. But you know what? He took those steps. He grabbed that sword, which could have been as big as him. That could have also been supernatural. I mean, if you can tear up a lion and a bear with your bare hands, I guess picking up a giant sword is also not a big deal. But he picked up the sword, and he took him out. So we look at what we have. We look at what we hold, and our brain says, yeah, that might get you to point B, but it's not going to get you all the way to where you're going. It's all right. There'll be something there at point B for you to pick up. God will give it to you, and it'll get you to point C. But there's a lot of us stuck at that place where we're like, I'm not, I, I can't even use this to take one step. Or maybe it just seems insignificant. Maybe somebody has told you it's insignificant. Maybe the enemy has lied to you. Said, I'm bigger, I'm stronger, I'll take you out. But God is saying, what is in your hand? Use it, let it go, because I will bring the increase. He brings the increase. He brings your increase. You can put a seed in the ground, but can you make it grow? No. You can give it water. You can make sure it gets sunlight, but you still can't make it grow. And God brings life to those seeds. David can't, in the natural, make a rock take a giant down, but God brought the increase. 
A staff can't turn into a snake when you throw it down, but God brought that increase. I've shared this story so many times in our church, I tried to avoid it for this series, but I gotta tell it one more time because we have so many new faces that haven't heard this story. But one of my favorite stories uh, about a saint who wasn't in the Bible is this awesome story about Mother Teresa who started schools in India and educated countless amounts of people before she ever had a school. She taught kids how to read by picking up a stick and writing the alphabet on the side of a dirt hill. She did this for years. She went to the hill and she used a stick to write the alphabet and she taught kids how to read. And there was one day a businessman saw her doing it and said, what is she doing? And when the sister uh, from the same abbey told him what she was doing, he built her first school debt free, paid for every part of it. And within a year, she had a building with school supplies. Picking up a stick and writing the alphabet in the ground is no way to teach hundreds of thousands of kids how to read. But that's how it started. Come on, that's powerful. What's in your hand? What's in your hand? It's more than enough. Use it and let God bring the increase. And in those moments when you're looking around saying, oh, I actually can't see how this is working, it's fine because things work under the surface before you ever see them in the natural. First Corinthians 3, 6, I've already said it, but take this with you, remember it. I've planted Apollos water, this is Paul writing this, but God gave the increase. Use what you have and watch God bring the increase. You will look back and you will say, how did I get here? How did that work? Have you ever done something you thought, how did that actually work? Well, God brings the increase. Don't you, can't you imagine when, when, when people were walking away from this scene, the Philistines had ran away and the people were chanting, Saul is slain his thousands and David is ten thousands. Can you imagine uh, the little shepherd boy? Can't you, don't you think he at least had this thought like, how did that just happen? What just happened? Did I remember that? Am I remembering that right? Or maybe he wasn't. Maybe he'd seen something like this happen so many times. He was just like, well, this is how the Lord works. Maybe when we first start using the things he's given us, it might surprise us a little. But let me tell you, as you keep moving forward, we were singing about it. Your ladder is going to be greater than the past. And as we move forward, it's just going to become more and more normal to see God's increase in your life. More and more normal. Don't get upset when, 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 when the Lord does something and you're like, man, I, you know, like I'm not quite jumping up and down as much as I used to when I saw the Lord doing something. Let's always rejoice. Let's always rejoice in what the Lord is doing. But when it becomes more normal in your life, don't let that lie say, well, what, do you even love the Lord anymore? No, just rejoice that his miraculous increase is becoming that normal to you that you just begin to expect it and walk in it because you can get there. You can get there. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. You have already right now more than enough to get to where God has taken you. Just use it and let him bring the increase. Come on, let's stand together and I'm gonna invite the band up. I just wanna speak this out. I, I believe that there are several people here today and in our body 
who are right now in a season where you're seeing this increase already. You're seeing God bring the increase on steps you've already taken. And what I want to say to you is don't get freaked out by it. Don't look at it and get freaked out. Just keep moving forward in confidence when the enemy or when our own brain sometimes says, am I really cut out for this? This is further than I've ever gone. This is more than I've ever taken on. Don't get scared and back up. Don't get scared and back off. Man, you got big things coming up in your life and you were built for them. You got authority coming to you in the natural that maybe you've never walked in before, but you were made for it. You were made for it. And right now you're looking and you're thinking, well, how am I going to make it through this season? Am I the right person for the job? You are. And you're going to be in the middle of it before long. And you're going to look back and say, all right, Lord, we're doing this. We are doing this. And he's not going to leave you hanging then. He's not leaving you hanging now. Amen. Father, we love you. We are grateful for who you are, for what you're doing. Thank you for bringing the increase in our life. Thank you that when we use what you have given us, and maybe in a natural, it shouldn't work the way you're going to make it work. Maybe in the natural, what we have should not be enough to get where you're taking us. But you're bringing the increase. You're bringing the life to that seed as it gets planted. We are so grateful. We are so grateful. We're going to respond right now to you with just hearts of gratitude, lifting up our voices, lifting up our attention again, and just looking to you and responding to what you're saying. Amen. Let's worship for a few moments.